Hey everyone, thanks for coming in and joining me. Okay, so I got some emails about yesterday's show asking me why don't I just go ahead and tell the story that I thought was pretty boring anyways, the story about the Ouija board. So okay, that's what I'm going to do. So there was this boy, he was 12 years old. He had been raised in a family where they didn't believe in anything like, for example, they didn't believe in any type of religion, in any type of spirituality at all. So they didn't believe that there could be anything conjured up by a Ouija board or by any other method. So this boy and his friends, they get together and since he doesn't believe in it, and neither do his friends really, they think it's just a bunch of hoo-ha, so they're going to play with this Ouija board. So they're at the boy's house, the, the first boy I mentioned. I don't know his name or anything like that. So they're at his house and they start messing around with the Ouija board and asking questions and so on. So all of a sudden, the Ouija board takes off and flies across the room and hits the wall. And when the boy turns back to his friends, like, hey, what in the world just happened here? His nose was bleeding, like he had a bloody nose. After that, the boys just ran out of the room, decided that they were never gonna do this again. And that 12-year-old boy, when that happened, he became a believer that there actually were things that could be conjured up. And there were spirits and even bad spirits known as demons. So that's the story that I, I was... Um, you know, I was looking into it. I thought it was going to be a lot more than that. But anyhow, you know, with talking about something like this, I do want to say that there are certain entities that are, for lack of a better word, assigned to the Ouija board. And it's almost like once you go and start playing with this thing, it's like there are a bunch of bees, you know, for example, and the Ouija board is like honey, and they're all attracted to this. And these entities can be anything that you want them to be. They can be your, your uh, passed away grandfather, grandmother, brother, sister, aunt. They can be anything that you are looking for. And they trick you. So you start communicating more and more with them. And they start somehow seeping into your life and seeping in to where you live. A lot of people say, oh, you have to know how to use it and how to close it when you're finished and all this stuff. I'm going to tell you that that is not true. People will try to say this, that is their belief, but it is not true. 
This is not just a portal that you can open and close like with certain other things. This is something that's totally different. Once you play with this, once you consult this and are you, you are communicating with the spirits attached to this thing, you have given them a legal right to enter your life, your place where you live, and that you cannot close once you're done playing with it. You have invited them in, and now they're in because you said, come on. So there are a lot of misunderstandings about this. You know, call it what you want, the Ouija board, the spirit board, whatever names that it it goes by, you know, depending on where you live. A lot of this is regional. But that that is the real truth. Yes, there are many different ways of conjuring and why it is that this particular item just seems to be so much more dangerous than some of the other ways, I believe is because there are demonic entities that are assigned to this thing, that are attached to this board. That is my own personal belief. And I know a lot of people, I know plenty of people who are, um, let's see, like practitioners in the occult who will not use a Ouija board. And then you have people who you wouldn't ever think would use that who do. And I'm not saying that, oh, as soon as you use it, something bad is going to happen right at that time and you're just going to fall out and you're going to start having, you know, all these horrible things happen. No, it doesn't always work like that. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it happens right away. But there are certain patterns that just seem to come with this thing. One of them is like bad luck. Oh, and some people say, I've I've had bad luck all my life. Well, it's just about to get worse. So you have bad luck. You have um, sickness. You have um, just these horrible relationships. You have money problems. I mean, there's a whole plethora of things that usually do go wrong. And never, a lot of these people never think about Oh, I used to use the Ouija board. You know, I know a lot of people who have um, really, really bad financial problems. They make bad decisions. And I'm not blaming this on because everyone who has done this has used the board. But a lot of people who have these things happening to them and usually at a at a younger age, certain things will start. Like, well, that usually happens to, you know, people who do this or that. Well, no, a lot of times, if you look back in your past, you might see something like, oh, you know what? I did play with that board. So, um, I mean, the story itself wasn't anything exciting, but the outer story 
you know, all of the things that come with that board is very interesting and it's also very dangerous. I know a lot of stories about that thing that I have told some on the show in prior episodes. And um, to tell you the truth, I don't even know why it is sold as a toy. I just, I think that those things probably, if anyone's going to sell them, would be in a some sort of new age shop, you know, where they sell other types of things, tarot cards and all, all these other type of um, items. I don't know like, like why you could go to Target or Walmart and buy a Ouija board. It, to me, to me, it's just like, um, I don't know why, you know? But that's, that's only my, my view of the whole thing. Okay, um, the other thing that I wanted to say is that I was reading about doppelgangers. And recently, I heard someone mention, you know, it's one of those things that I think about once in a while and I somebody brings it up and it'll get me thinking about, yeah, that that is a strange phenomenon, that whole thing. I've read so many stories about that, I'm sure you have also. There is one story that I heard recently about this man. Apparently he was, um, this was during the World War II era, and after he came back from the war, he went to go and uh, visit his family in another state from where he lived. I don't know where the states are, so I'm just going to say he lived in California and he went to go and visit his family in Michigan. So apparently he had bought or someone had bought him a Jeep and it was in Michigan. I think his parents bought it for him. So he went to Michigan to go visit his parents and to go pick up that Jeep. He, when his visit was over, he's driving his Jeep. He's going to drive it home. So he wants to start out on the road and, you know, because it's going to take a while. He's far from home. So he's driving and right, you know, a couple days later, it starts snowing. And then it starts snowing so bad, it's like a whiteout. And he's thinking, all I want to do is get home as fast as I can, so I'm just going to go ahead and drive through this storm. I just I just want to get out of here. Because being from that area originally, he knew that you know it wasn't going to last forever. He could drive, and at some point, he would be out of that type of um, weather situation. So as he's driving, he sees up ahead on the side of the road, he sees a man walking. And he's thinking to himself, there's no way somebody would be walking in this thing. This person's not going not gonna to make it. So he pulls up to the side of this man and he says, hey, why don't you get in? It's, you know, it's freezing out here. You're not going to make it to wherever you're going. So the man looks at him and he says, okay, you know, thanks. And he he gets in the Jeep and they're driving along a little bit. So 
the man who had been walking turns to this guy, turns to the driver, and he says, Hey, you know what? You look like you're really tired. Why don't you let me drive? Okay. Now, for one thing, I know that by today's standards, we wouldn't be doing stuff like that. You know? But you have to remember now, that was this was right after World War II. So it was probably something like 1949, maybe 1950. Times were different then. The other thing was, the driver had noticed that the man he picked up looked just like him. The man he picked up was like his identical twin. And as a matter of fact, the man he picked up was wearing a jacket just like the one that he had worn during the war. But he didn't say anything. He just kept it to himself and he just figured... Oh, you know, it's just someone who resembles me and whatever, you know. And plus, he was so tired, he just wasn't, uh, you know, really thinking about things like that. But anyways, when the man made that offer, he said, okay. So he pulls over and they switch spots. The man starts driving and the owner of the Jeep closes his eyes and goes to sleep. So he wakes up, I don't know how much longer, you know, later. He wakes up and he notices that they're pulled on the side of the road. It's, uh, the weather is getting better. And the, the man is sitting there just looking, you know, looking around. And he says, okay, you know, I'm, I'm going to get out right here because this is not too far from where I need to go. And so the owner of the Jeep says, okay, you know, and he's like, thanks for the ride and so on. All the while now, because the owner of the Jeep isn't worn out, tired anymore. And he's thinking, I'm looking into like a mirror. This man is me. So the man gets out of the Jeep. The the driver gets back into his driver's spot and he notices that the man is starting to walk back in the direction that they came from. And he figures, oh, okay, well, he's just, you know, going to walk back or wherever to where he lives. And he starts driving away. Now, for some reason, he thought that he picked up this man and the man suggested that he drive because if he wouldn't have picked him up, he, the owner of the Jeep, would have died. Now, I don't know how he figured that. I'm thinking that maybe he would have went to sleep and crashed and died on the road. You know, he's looking back saying, wow, if I wouldn't have picked that guy up and let him drive, I probably just would have fell asleep at the wheel and crashed and died. And it's it's like a nothing story, except for the fact 
that the, I'm going to call him a hitchhiker, even though he wasn't hitching, that he looked exactly like the Jeep owner. That's where the story gets strange to me. There's really no way to, I mean, how, how would we prove something like this? How could I even vet something like this? It's all hearsay. Did it really happen? I don't know, but I'm pretty sure that there are some similar stories like this. I know that there are quite a few people that say they have seen themselves like in other places. There was a man who supposedly was who was up on a hot air balloon and he got up so high and he was up there, you know, in his weather hot air balloon and he saw a hot, another hot air balloon coming up. And so he looked, you know, he was looking at the other balloon and he was, when it got up to like where they were almost at the same level, he noticed that the guy in the other weather balloon looked just like himself. And everything that he would do, the other guy would do. Any type of gesture he would make, the other guy was making at the same time. It's been said by some people that what he saw was like, for lack of a better word, some sort of mirror in the sky. Maybe some sort of um, thing that was up there, a cloud formation that was um, reflective. I don't know, because any type of formation that I think about that you could see up there wouldn't be so detailed as to let you see that, hey, that person looks exactly like me. So that is very strange to me. You know, and there have been a, there have been a, a lot of reports. People see doppelgangers all the time. I've never seen anything like that personally, and um, I do believe that people see stuff like that. And but the explanation for that, I do not have. I do not know what that would really be. What would create something like that? And what the moral of the story is. I don't know. It, it is pretty interesting, though. Um, as you know, I do not, usually I don't. I don't write anything down. I don't, you know, none of what I talk about is scripted. Most of the time when I come on here, I might have a, some subjects that I want to talk about. But um, a lot of the time, I don't. I just come on here and I've got nothing. And then I start remembering certain things that I would like to tell people about. You know, either my experiences or things that have been told to me. Sometimes uh, some listeners will tell me things, you know, that they would like to um, share with others. And um, that's why a lot of times I go back and forth and I'm all over the place with different stories. At some point, I mean, I always say, you know, I, I hope that I would get better at doing this. But 
I just don't think that I am a scripted person. I just don't think that I'm the type of person who can just be on such a schedule as, okay, I'm going to talk about these three things this day and these four things the next day. Because sometimes certain things will start running away with me. I'll start on one story and that'll remind me of something else and it just leads me you know, down that rabbit hole. So I hope that um, you guys are okay with that. I hope you enjoy the things that I um, put out there. I try not to talk about just the same old stuff. I know that I have mentioned before, a lot of people ask me why I don't talk about the black-eyed children, why I don't talk about, like, vampires and... You know, somebody emailed me about when I was talking about the Whaley House and so on. Oh, I have spoken a little bit about that before, but Whaley House is all over the place, just like the Haunted Queen Mary and, you know, all of these different hospitals and places and in other states, you know. And to me, it's just like, it's so, okay, we all know about them. I like the stuff that is not talked about all the time. The One of the things that I want to tell you about, though, that is very interesting to me is actually the Mandela effect. That is so interesting because this, this thing does not just happen to in certain areas or, you know, it's not just pop culture, uh, not just one thing. This Mandela effect actually affects many different parts of society. And we all know about how it started and how it got its name because Nelson Mandela, you know, when he really died, people said, hey, I thought Nelson Mandela died in the 80s, like in 1985 or something. And then other people were like, no, he didn't. He just recently passed away and so on because... Some people remember certain things and some people remember, you know, a different way. I'm going to tell you a story. There is a road that we take when we go to like um, going towards Riverside into the city of Riverside. We take partially, we take this road. It's a two lane road. And on one of the curves of it, there is a, like a huge empty space. Like there are no houses there, no buildings. There's just like a, it looks like some horse property without horses. But it's off of this two lane road. And there are these teepee looking things. I don't know if they're just um, some sort of uh, landmarks, or I, I don't think they're real teepees, but there were two of them. And I've been seeing those teepees in that same spot ever since I can remember. So we were driving there about two weeks ago, and I, I noticed that where are the teepees? And so on the way back, because we took the same same way on the way back. And I told my husband, 
Hey, I haven't seen those teepees. I mean, I wasn't looking for them. So, you know, you almost take it for granted. I said, but I haven't seen those teepees. And he's like, what teepees? And I was like, are you kidding me right now with those teepees that are on the side of the road, like out in the middle of nowhere? They're just like these two teepees. They've been there forever. He's looking at me like I had lobsters crawling out of my ears. To, and I don't understand it. To, to even like now, he still doesn't remember the darn teepees. And we went there like last week and he's like, okay, now show me where the teepees are. And it's like, I can't, I don't see the teepees. But they have been there since we've been taking this road. I'm like, you don't remember? He's like, no. See, now that is kind of like what I'm talking about. And those teepees were there. If I would have thought that they would have disappeared one day, I would have taken a picture of them. And it's like, how does he not remember? See, that's like the Mandela effect. How do these other people not remember certain things? Even some names of songs have changed. There are even some scriptures in the Bible that have changed. And they've changed drastically to the point where it's almost laughable. I mean, the some of the, the words are like, what is this word even doing here? These things weren't even invented back in the days when the Bible was written. Even, okay, a lot of people, and, and people are like, no, it's always been that way. No, it hasn't. There is something going on. And even, okay, the face of a clock. Now, you've got an analog clock, you know, the 12 at the top, the 6 at the bottom. On some of the clocks, the 6 is upside down. Why in the world would that happen? I'm telling you, when I first started noticing these things, I I couldn't understand why. And, you know, what's the agenda? And when and how did this happen? But if you go look at some clocks, you'll see the 12 at the top and you'll see the 6. On some of the clocks, the 6 is a 6. But on some other clocks, the 6 is upside down. Even for continuity, I I just don't think that that would be a good thing. How about somebody who's just learning how to tell time on a clock and they see that upside down six? They're going to be like, what the heck is going on? Because someone said, well, it's for continuity. An upside down six, really? So you're going to like stand on your head to read this thing? And apparently... How did it go? They said that anything that's that's engraved is usually not affected. It's usually a regular six. But some of the things that are like, um, you know, placed, maybe glued or 
screwed in type of numbers, the six will have a, have a more of a chance of being upside down. I have a clock right now that I'm looking at and the six is a regular six. And this is not engraved and this looks like the six is probably glued onto the clock, the clock face. But I have another clock in another room that the six is upside down. When this whole thing was first brought to my attention, I was like, wait a minute. Why would that six be upside down? So you can go and check it out on your own clocks. You know, check it out for yourself. Even on some watches, you know, maybe some, maybe some of those are upside down. My watches don't have any numbers on them, so there's nothing to fool around with on, on mine, but maybe some of those are. I, I don't know. But there are many things, you know, like some lyrics in certain songs, some names of songs. I remember one of them, um, one of my brothers is really big into the whole oldies but goodies culture. And it's not really my thing, you know, I've spoke about that before, but there was this one song that I used to like it, you know, when I would hear, when I would hear it. And it was called A Letter to You. And I remember it being on an album, on vinyl. Because when we were kids growing up, my brother had all of these oldies albums and they were on vinyl. And I remember I liked that song, so I wanted to go read it so that I could play it. And it was a letter to you. Well, recently, because, you know, I've forgotten all about that stuff. But recently, last year, I started thinking about it. Hey, you know what? I feel like hearing that song. I haven't heard that song since who knows when. So I went looking for it on YouTube. Come to find out that song has been changed to this letter to you. It was never this originally. But People will say, yes, it is. It's always been this letter to you because it would be silly to say a letter to you. No, it was because I remember the words, a letter to you. Somehow, over the years, it's changed. I wish that we still had that, um, all those albums so that I could go and read it and see. But even certain things that people had have changed. Certain books, certain words in books have changed. It used to say this. I know it used to say this. And now it says that. How does that happen, guys? You know? How do things change right in front of us without us realizing it until one day when someone says something? Or one day until, you know, you pick up a book, an old book and read it again. And you say, hey, wait a minute. Something's different here. Or certain people remember certain things happening 
at a certain time and you're like, no, that did not happen then. There's a story at the beginning of one of the podcasts that I listened to. It's like this little intro and it's this guy telling his story. It's just a little like quick thing, almost like an advertisement for a particular podcast. And he's saying, when I remember when I was seven years old, I broke my arm, but nobody else remembers it but me. And none of his family remembers him ever breaking his arm. He's like, so either I'm crazy or they're lying. See, it's one of those things. That is almost, or maybe that is, the Mandela effect. It, it's a very strange thing, but it's fascinating. And if you haven't heard about it, haven't read about it or anything like that, I guarantee you, if you start reading that stuff, you're going to be like, whoa, what? So, yep, I, I just uh, can't figure out what the agenda would be for something like this. There's an agenda for everything, you know? Things just don't happen just, just by happenstance, just because, no. There's a reason for this. I just don't know what that would be. So, anyways, that's all I've got for right now. I am going to probably be back. Well, I, I can't be back until Monday. So, I'll have time to be looking into more stuff to talk about and, you know, some interesting things, okay? So, everybody have a great weekend. Stay safe. Ciao.